All right, I will say good morning. I'm sorry, I don't know where the I don't know where the microphone is. So, in Eretz Hashem, we're gonna. So maybe if the chevra in the back wants to move up a little bit, this is about as loud as I'm gonna be able to get this morning. I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I don't know where the speaker is. I don't know where the speaker is. All right, maybe it's uh, the truth is we borrowed the speaker. It may be time for us to, to purchase our our own. It looks like maybe the individual that owns it is using it. All right, I'm sorry. I apologize for the inconvenience. And I will say, let us begin. Begin by thanking our begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Elul, Shandy and Avram Kelman in honor of Yechil's engagement to Alana Falik in memory of their parents, Jerome and Bernice Kelman and Alexander Federica David Zichronim Livracha. To thank Barak, Maya, Sandy Hoffman, Dora Limas, and Avi Malamid for dedicating the Shurim and Drushals this month in memory of Ruvain Ben Emanuel. To thank Yal and Sarah Steinberg in sponsoring the Drushals this month, Shurim and Drushals this month, for Shulamis Bas Susha, and the Dafyomi Shir and the Shulamis for Yehuda Ben Michal. We thank our week of learning sponsors, Matt and Diane Marks, for dedicating the, the Shurim this week in honor of the birth of their grandson, Yehuda Yeshaya Marks, maybe Zochem. So I will say with that, let us begin. We hope in the merit of our Torah, all, all of the, all of the Neshama Shav and Aliyah, all of those who require a refuah should have one together with Kol Chol Yisrael. So I will say with that, we have an absolutely incredible, like, I, I know people accuse me of overusing it, right? But, but first of all, I'm always right. I feel every single time. I've delivered whenever I've promised an incredible daf. And I will say now, by the next couple of days, are just wild. So I will say we're going to begin actually, today's daf is Samich 60. We're actually going to begin on the, it's the, it's the last phrase on Nuntes Amud Bey's Im Haya Makira. So remember again, we were introduced in the Brisa yesterday to the concept. Well, in the Mishnah, we're introduced to the idea of domestic responsibilities that a woman has. One of those responsibilities ultimately was nursing her child. So the Brisa brought up the Brisa brought up the case. The Brisa brought up the situation of what happens if a woman is nursing and the couple gets divorced. The couple gets divorced. So the Brisa explained. The Brisa explained as follows. The Brisa said, "Let me just quote it to you." So obviously, if they get divorced, so the husband cannot compel the wife to nurse. Obviously, he can't compel to do anything. They're divorced. However, him Makira. If the baby recognized the mother, no sinoschara, the kofa menikasa. In that case, the husband is obligated to pay his ex-wife, to pay his ex-wife. And again, I will say, what does it mean to pay his ex-wife? In other words, he's obligated to pay her the wage as if she were a wet nurse. And in that case, then we would compel the ex-wife, the mother, to go ahead and nurse her child. Why? Because since there is already an attachment between baby and mother, we are concerned that if she does not go ahead and nurse the baby, this could put the baby in mortal danger. Good. Top of Samech. Ad Kamo. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. Take a look at Rashi. So we'll say, it's a simple question. How old does a baby have to be in order to recognize its mother? Interesting, Shaila. So the Gemara says, Amrava, Amrav, Yirmiya, Barava, Amrav, Shlosha Chadoshim. Three months. Three months. So I will say, so just to understand what this means is that up until three months, we assume that a baby doesn't recognize its mother. And therefore, with the couple to go ahead and get divorced, the ex-husband could not compel his ex-wife to nurse. 
because up until three months, there's not, a, there's not necessarily a nursing connection between mother and child. So the Gemara says, Ushmol Amr Shmuel says, Shloshim Yom. No, 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 not three months, 30 days. Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yochanan, Chamishim Yom, 50 days. Amr Sin Barabaye, Halacha Krabi Yitzchak, Shamar Mishum Rabbi Yochanan. Ultimately, again, the halacha is like Rabbi Yitzchak, who said this over in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, i.e., 50 days. 50 days. So the Gemara says, Bishlam Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan, Kol Chad V'chad Laki Chorfei. Shabbos, here's what's interesting. I understand Rav and Rabbi Yochanan, right? So remember again, Rav, Rav said three months, Rav said three months, Rabbi Yochanan said 50 days. What's the chilik between three months and 50 days, Rabbi Yochanan? What's the chilik? 10 days, right? 10 days. So, so you, could, you could attribute that. So essentially what the Gemara is saying is, they're kind of in the same range, right? They're kind of in the same range. Right, but but Lamaisa, I'm sorry, fifty days and ninety days. Excuse me. So they're kind, they're kind of in the same in the same range, right? In other words, that's a spectrum. That's a spectrum. But Lamaisa again. So you could say you could attribute that swing to what? To just Chorfei literally means the sharpness of the child. In other words, that there is a there is a range in in, in infant development. Fine. The Gemara says Ella l'Shmuel ki but Shmuel. Is there a baby who recognizes its mother within 30 days? In other words, the Gemara just feels that that's very nervous. And when we say recognize, remember, we're speaking about a recognition in a very specific way. Namely, that the child would only nurse from its mother and not nurse from anyone else. Does that level of recognition come about at such a young age? To which the Gemara says, So listen to this. came along. Amar, he said, this is great. Nothing like brothers. So Rabbi Yechezel comes along and says, listen, don't listen to anything my brother Yehuda says in the name of Shmuel. Right? This, plays, this, this dynamic plays itself out amongst brothers in every family. Halavayit should be in learning, right? Don't listen to anything my brother said in the name of Shmuel. Shmuel. This is what Shmuel said. Rabbi said, Shmuel didn't say 30 days. What did Shmuel say? Kozman Shemakira. So Rabbi said, Shmuel essentially said, Rabbi said, when does a baby recognize its mother? When? When? When a baby recognizes its mother. In other words, what Shmuel said is, there is, no, there is no objective amount of time. There's no objective amount of time that halacha lamaisa, we now say, oh, at this age, a baby, a, baby, a baby recognizes its mother. Every child is gauged in accordance with its own development. So we'll say, the Gemara tells a story. This is an incredible story. There was a woman who came before Shmuel. Now Rashi says, hey, no, it's a woman. Rashi says, Huda Soi, Rashi Hahi, this is Nekeva, Grusha, Velo Haisa, Rotzelahane. See, here's the case, Rabbi Osei. Reuven and Rachel were married, they got, they got divorced. Rachel, Rachel came before, Rachel came before Shmuel. And what happened? Rachel no longer wanted to nurse her son. Rabbi Osei, so just to understand, just to understand. So remember again, Rachel doesn't, this is not in the case of a, of, a, of a mother who's neglecting her child. She doesn't want a nurse. She doesn't want a nurse. There are plenty of women who don't want a nurse. So again, wh- why is she in Beisden? Why is she in Beisden? Right? So why is she in Beisden? I will say, what, what is she looking for? What is she looking for from Shmuel? So two things. Remember, I had her not to nurse. And by extension, once she has had her not to nurse, what happens then? What happens then? Husband, right? Well, sorry, ex-husband, father of the baby will then be obligated to what? to pay for a wet nurse. So that, that's what's happening over here. So she comes before Shmuel. So we'll say, Amr listen to this. Amr Rav Dimi, Bar Yosef. So Shmuel said to Rav Dimi, Bar Yosef, Zil Batka, 
Go see if the baby is attached, if the baby is attached to his mother. So Rav said, this is incredible. Azul Osva Bedari Dinashi. So what, what does Rav Dimi do? He creates a lineup, right? There's a lineup of women, a lineup of women. And what happens? So the Kamahader Lei Iluye. Now Rav says, so just to understand, what is Rav Dimi looking for? He's looking for recognition. He's looking to see, does this baby, not, he's not, the baby's not nursing from all of these women, right? What's happening over here is we want to see, is there a recognition between the baby and the mother? Because remember again, Shmuel is of the opinion that the truth is there's no, recognition happens when recognition happens. It's up to the baby. So literally again, Rav Dimi's making a, a, a mother lineup, right? The mother lineup. Does the, can, out of a lineup of women, can this baby identify its mother. It's incredible. So the Gemara says, Kimata legabe, legaba, when Rav Dimi was holding the baby in front of its, in front of its mother, hava <laughs> the baby wouldn't take its eyes off its mother. The baby wouldn't take its eyes off its mother. But the mother began to look down. So the mother didn't want to make eye contact with the baby because she knew that the baby would recognize her. Amrla, so Abdimi said, Nataf Enech, lift up your eyes, kum dari barach, and take your son. In other words, I would say it became abundantly clear that what? That what? That the baby recognized his mother. So once the baby recognizes its mother, then what? Then what? Then there's an obligation ultimately for the mother to continue to nurse. So this is how Shmuel resolved this, this, partic- this particular idea. And I would say it's such, such an incredibly, such an incredibly beautiful, first, it's just such a fascinating idea. And also so incredibly beautiful, like Al-Sashkafic ideas. And I will say sometimes, sometimes, well, actually, we'll, we'll come back to that shkaf in a little bit. Let's go back there. So the Gemara says as follows. So, Suma Minayada, what about a baby who is blind? What about if the baby is blind? How would you establish recognition in the situation of a blind baby? To which the Gemara says, Amravashi, Berecha, Ubetaima. Ultimately, the baby can become attached to its mother through, through her scent and ultimately, again, through her milk. So, again, obviously, we know that when a person lacks one sense, Ultimately, like one sense is no longer there. Other senses are heightened. So a blind baby could have become attached to his mother, again, through the taste of her milk and through her scent. Incredible. Says the Yimar. By the way, we'll see, interestingly enough, that all of this is it, it, it is we'll see All of these are halachas and shulchan aruch. We'll discuss them when we get to the end of the sugya. So turn around. Yonek tinok v'holech ad esen We'll say, this is actually quite fascinating. So, so the, so the Gemara says as follows. A mother can nurse her child up until the age of two, 24 months. The Lashon of it is very interesting. After two years, after 24 months, it's like nursing, it's like nursing a Sheketz. Like, no, Sheketz is a creepy, crawly, non-kosher creature. Right? It's like, right? So, so the, the, the idea over here is, the idea over here is that what? That halacha lamaisa, that halacha lamaisa, Rabbi Eliezer says, up to two years is the cap for nursing. Now, say, if you look at Rashi, it's actually interesting. Kiyonik shakats, kiilu yonik davar meshukats. Now, say, so the truth is, shakats, sharats, we also use them interchangeably. Shakats just means something, meshukats means something repulsive. Something repulsive. The idea that Rabbi Eliezer is saying is, the act of nursing after two years old is something that is repulsive. These are the words of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says, "Afilu arba shanim." No, you can nurse a child even up to four or five years old. And I will say, I want to point out something fascinating to us. That sounds 
crazy, right? That sounds crazy, but also understand that in poorer societies, the ability to rely on mother's milk for sustained amounts of time was also an economic, an economic decision. So remember again, we have formula. We also have access, Baruch Hashem, to food. So I'm just pointing out this idea, this idea of, this concept of nursing to an advanced age is strange, but in an impoverished society, it could be incredibly important. In any event, this is Machlok. So Yeshua says, no, even up to four or five years old. Now here's what's interesting. Perish the Chazar. But if the baby stopped after two years old and then resumed nursing, Kiyonik Shekets. Then again, everyone agrees that ultimately, again, that is a repulsive act. So And from there, from there forward, from there on, it's like going get a nursing repulsive thing. So say, here's our machlokas. Our machlokas, first stage in the machlokas is Rabbi Leizer, Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Leizer is saying nursing goes up until two years. Rabbi Yeshua, even up to four or five years. That's machlokas one. The second stage of this, which does not seem to be a machlokas, seems to see everybody agrees that if the mother stops nursing after two years, once you stop, once you stop, you can't resume. Now what's missing from this is, is what? How long of a, st- what, what's, what's stoppage? How, how, how long of a stoppage is that, right? How, it was one day, two days, five years, a month, a week. Well, well, what is it? What is it? Okay, that we'll see. So we'll say, listen to this. Or Minhi. So the Gemara is the Kasha. Now the Kasha, we'll say, is on this concept of really of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer telling us that a mother's milk after two years essentially becomes off limits to the child. That's Rabbi Eliezer Shita. Childhood nurse up to two years. Afterwards, it's Kionic Sheket. So we'll say, this is a fascinating Gemara. Or Minhi. Mark quotes Tame. You might have thought that what? That the milk of one who walks on two legs is Tameh. Now, say, what's one who walks on two legs? Mahalchei Rashi says over here, Chalav shel isha hamehaleches b'shtei raglayim. Ultimately, again, so Mahalchei Shtayim was said human beings. Also, I'll just point out something very interesting. There is a beautiful idea in the, in the Mishnah in the first period, in the first period of Pirkei Avos, where Hillel says, Hevi mitamid of sha'arum. Be of the disciples of Aaron. In the first paragraph, Pirkei Avos, Oiv Shalom, Rodev Shalom, right? Be of the disciples. Love peace, pursue peace. Ohev es habrios umekarvon Torah. Love creations and bring them close to Torah. The Balatanya, Rishner Zaman of Liadi, asks the question: Why does Hillel use the lashon of brios? Right, brios is like one of the most generic terms you could use. For people, right? Because first of all, bria, bria doesn't just have to refer to people. Bria can refer to everything. And it happens to be in this in, in this context, it is referring to people. But why such a nondescript term for people? Why don't you say ohev es ha'anoshim? Ohev, there's so many ohev es ha'adam. Tanya says something amazing. He says, in order to love your fellow Jew, you have to find something positive in that individual. And the Balatanya says, sometimes you look at certain people, and what's the problem? What's the problem? I can't find anything positive. I can't find anything positive. So ultimately, the Balatanya says, sometimes the only positive thing you could find in a person is that he walks on two legs instead of four. And the truth is, that's a myla also. That's something positive. That's something positive. 
So I will say, where does the Balatanya get this from? I think it's from this Gemara. Because here, Chazal are calling a human being a Mahalche Shtayim. What a, what a strange way to describe a human being. Right? right? You know, say it's so nondescript. In other words, yeah, we, we walk on two legs instead of four legs. Sometimes, even if the only positive thing you could find about another person is that they walk on two legs instead of four legs, go with it. Go with it. It is so desperately important to always find some Nikuda Tova, some level of positivity in our fellow Jew, because that's the only way we come to love each other. And even if a person, Mamish, has nothing else but the fact that they're not an animal who walks on all fours, seize that. Take that, build on that, and at least love them and appreciate them for that. So the Gemara says as follows, We'll say this is fascinating. So we'll say, I want to point out the concept that human milk is permitted for consumption is dramatically amazing. Why? Because we'll say, think about this. Generally, milk status is dependent on what? Right? The kashrus of the entity that is producing the milk. This is what we're going to get into right now. So therefore, we'll say, based on that, based on that, Human milk, right? Obviously, human flesh is forbidden for consumption. So based on that, we would say that human milk should be usher. We'll say the same way that, that uh, whatever it is, I don't know, pig milk, camel milk, right? Any other non-kosher animal milk is usher. Is, is we'll say, by the way, you become acutely aware of this. In America, in America, you don't have this problem, right? Because in America, the USDA regulates the dairy industry and all milk, all milk, unless noted otherwise, is cow milk. Is cow milk. When you travel outside of America, right, especially in Europe, it, 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 so the dairy industry is not as regulated. And so you have to be exceptionally careful with the milk you are drinking and cannot assume at all that it is cow milk. It's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating. In any event, so I, I had this experience, I had this experience when I was, when I was I, one time I was flying to Eretz Yisrael through Turkey, through Turkey. And there was a Starbucks in the, in the, what's the, where is the airport? In Istanbul? It's a be- beautiful airport. Oh my gosh. So there's a Starbucks here. I was getting a cup of coffee. So, and so the person asked me, do you want milk? So it happened to be, there was a guy behind me who had a beard and a baseball cap. I said, I think I saw him at Great Adventure on Cholomite. He looks, so, so he taps me on the shoulder. He says, don't get the milk. Don't get the milk. <laughs> Don't get the milk. I, so I turned around. And so I obviously have good with black coffee. Anybody? Yeah. So it's just funny. He said to me, he did the research on this. He did the research on this. And again, at least here, there was no way of telling where the milk came. All right. Any event. So the says as well. So we'll say. So that's our sugya. That's our sugya. Right. Jews are everywhere, even even in Istanbul. Right. So I'll say. So yeah. Incredible. Incredible. By the way, it's a big schos in life. Sometimes to have someone behind you to tap your shoulder, right? To be right about. So Gemara says as follows: So You might have thought that ultimately, again, the milk of a human being of a woman is tamei vidinu, and it was I could have made a good kavachomer. Why? So by the way, when we say tamei in this context, tamei, we don't mean it like ritual impurity. We just mean not kosher, not kosher. So the Gemara says vidinu, vidinu. The Gemara says vidinu. Uh, right, because that's why Rashi says Tameh over here means Aser. That's how Rashi is explaining this over here. See, here we go. So it says the Gemara, Vidinu. Uma behema sheikalta b'maga hechmarta b'chalba. So we'll say an animal, and here's what's interesting about an animal. An animal, when it's alive, cannot convey Tumah. There's no such thing as a, as a living animal contracting Tumah and conveying Tumah to something else. It doesn't exist. 
So an animal, when it comes to the halachos of conveyance of tumul and it's alive, we're makel, and yet by its milk, right, the milk of a non-kosher animal is aser. Adam, sheikh marti b'mago, Rabbi could a person convey tumul while the person is alive? The answer is, absolutely yes. First of all, say, the most common case of this is nida. Right? When a woman is a nida, she has the ability to convey tumma to other things. So the Gemara says, Eno din Well, certainly I would say that her milk should be aser. To which the Gemara says, Tamad lomar es hagamal kimala gera hu. The Pasuk says, you can't eat the camel. Kimala gera hu. Uparsa inamafras. Which means ultimately, again, even though it chews its cud, its, its hoof is not split. So the Gemara Dashin's hu tameh it is only the camel and its milk that is tameh, but ultimately, again, the milk of a woman is not tameh. And I will say the truth is, it's a longer drasha than this. And Rashi points out, it might also be a drasha from a different part of the Pasuk, but for our purposes, this gets the job done. Ela tar. So I will say, this is fascinating. Mars Darshan over here. Who? 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 Who teaches us what? Who teaches us that Allah it is the camel and its milk? that are Tameim, but ultimately, again, the milk of a woman is not Tameh, is permitted. So the Gemara says, Yachol, Otsiyasa, Chalav, Shana Shavabakol, Vala Otsiyasa, Damshu Shavabakol. So I will say, based on this, I would have said, it's only human milk that is permitted. Why? Because I will say, human milk is something that doesn't occur throughout the animal kingdom. In other words, there are non-kosher animals that produce milk, non-kosher animals that don't produce milk. So because it's not an Isr HaShavabakol, it doesn't apply to everything, I would say that's why human milk is permitted. But what about human blood? What about human blood? I would have said human blood should be usser, just like the blood of animals. To which the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, Tamud Lomar, hu, hu tameh elatar. I will say this is fascinating. No, who teaches us that it is only about say, the camel, its milk, and its blood that is going to be tameh, but ultimately, again, or usser, but the milk and blood of a human being is going to be permitted. Rav is actually pretty wild, because it already goes out of its way to highlight the Isra of Dam multiple times, multiple times. The Gemara here is saying, by the way, the Isra of Dam only applies to animal blood, does not apply to human blood. We'll see this play out in just a moment. So Rav Shesha says, Afilu mitzas prisha inbo. Rav say when we say that human milk is permitted, it's permitted unequivocally, and there is not even a mitzvah's prisha. Rabbi say mitzvah's prisha means there is not even an iser derabbanan. So Rabbi say now let's now let's go back. So Rabbi say what was our kasha? What was our kasha? Our kasha is on Rabbi Eliezer. What did Rabbi Eliezer say beforehand? Rabbi Eliezer said a child could nurse up until what age? The age of twenty-four months. From that point forward, from that point forward, ultimately again it's kiyonek shekets. Ultimately, again, it is like, like an abominable thing. About, which sounds like what he's saying is after 24 months, human milk is usser. Now, both say, based on what we learned, when does human milk become usser? Never. Never. So what's going on? To which the Umar makes an interesting distinction. Lokasha, ha de parish, ha de lo parish. say there is a distinction between human milk that is nursed directly from the mother versus human milk that is expressed from the mother into a kli. So listen to this. Look at Rashi. Fascinating. As follows. Technically speaking, human milk is always permitted. 
is always permitted, right? Doesn't matter how old, no, always permitted, as long as that milk is expressed into a kli. When does Rabbi Eliezer say that after a certain amount, that, when does Rabbi Eliezer say that after two years, it's kionic min sheket, it's like, it's like nursing an abominable, or from an abominable thing, that's when the child is nursing directly from the mother. See what Rabbi Eliezer is saying is like this, the act of a child nursing from the mother, that's up to two years. After that, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Midrabanon. Midrabanon, you can't do it anymore. But technically speaking, the consumption of human milk from a kli is permitted for however long. So what we'll would be interesting is, what Belezra essentially saying is like this, is that Lamaisa, Lamaisa, the cap on nursing is up until two years. If a mother wants to continue to pump and use her milk to feed her child, that's fine. It just can't be done as a normative act. Yes, take a bottle. Yes, take a bottle. Now, both say, why, why this distinction? So we're going to see this. We're going to see this in the, we're going to see this in, in the, in the Shulchan Aruch. But I'll just tell you the Taz. So I will say, this is, I'm just telling you, this is in Yaradea. Shulchan Aruch Yaradea. Simen Pe Aleph Halacha Zayin. We're going to see all of this. We're going to see all of this. But the, actually, you know what? I will say, let me, let me actually get a little bit further. And then, um, let me get to the two dots. Um, yeah, let, let me, yeah, let me, let me get a little bit further and then we're going to do the halacha. But, but just hold on. It's, we're going to reconcile all of this. Here we go. Says the Gemara. V'chilufa b'dam. Now, we'll say, we're gonna, let's jump to blood for just a second. Because remember, again, halacha l'maisa, we'll say, blood is just the opposite of milk. What does that mean, blood is just the opposite of milk? It is saying, we'll say, it's fascinating. Dam, sha'ala kikar. Now, we'll say, by the way, this is a very shaykh case. Person takes a bite of bread. And then what happens? You notice there's blood on the bread. What happens, a person's gum is bleeding. Right? So say, you, know, you know how sometimes, you know when you're a kid, it often happens, sometimes when you have a loose tooth, you take a bite out of an apple, right? Before the tooth comes out, there's some blood on the apple. So I take a bite out of food, there's blood on the food. What's the halacha now? Can I go and eat that food? So you're saying, understand, like for us, we live in such a disposable society. So for me, I'm not going to eat that, throw it away. Now let's say, in, in, in a society where they have to be much more careful with their means, so what do I do with that? So what's the halacha? So go to rova ochlo. You scrape off the blood and you could eat the food. You could eat the food. The Gemara says, however, however, ultimately, if there is blood in your mouth, let's say you have blood in your gums, you could suck down that blood. I don't know if that's the right term. Like, you know, you know, you know whatever you do, suck down that blood, right? In other words, you don't have to expel it. You're permitted to go ahead and swallow it. So I will say, here's what I want to point out, something interesting. Midda Araisa, there is no Isra of human blood. In other words, you could drink your own blood. You could drink your own blood. Why so, if a, say a person cuts their finger, cuts their finger, right? You can go ahead and put that to your mouth and go, I, one second, one second, I'm eating blood. First of all, as long as that blood is part of your body, there is no Isra of consumption. Even when that blood, everything all right over there? Okay. Even when, even when, it's funny with the eight or something. Even when, even when the blood is outside of your body, even the blood is outside of your body, I will say, that is only an iser drabana. Now, when blood is outside of your body, Chazal said, we don't want you eating that, which makes sense. Why don't want you eating it? I will say, because someone else, who's, it's a Marasayan issue. In other words, that, that, that does, how do they know if you're eating your blood, animal blood, right? So therefore, again, if the blood is separate and distinct from your body, you can't eat it midrabon. And that's why if it's on the loaf of bread, you have to scrape off the blood and then you can eat the bread. But if the blood ultimately, again, is on your finger, 
in your gums, then ultimately, again, see, even on your finger, that's still part of your body. You're permitted to go ahead and ingest that. Quite fascinating. So, Rabbi Yeshua said, you can even nurse, maybe you can even nurse up until four or five years. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, even if the child is holding its backpack, right? It's, uh, it's, it's literally, it's peckle on its back. The child could still nurse. So which one is it? Is it four or five or is it holding the backpack? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So Rabbi Yosef, Halacha Rabbi Yoshua. The Halacha ultimately follows Rabbi Yoshua that a child can nurse even, even up until four or five years of age. So Rabbi Yosef, let's talk about this for just a moment. So Rabbi Yosef, so a number of interesting Halachas over here. Number one Halacha upon Rabbi Yosef is that ultimately, again, actually, we're not really finished yet because we have to speak about the cessation of nursing as well. But uh, let, let, let me just show this. Let's close this out before we move on. So we'll say, so here's what we have. We have as to how long a child is permitted to nurse for. That's number one. Number two, number two, the next part, which we haven't gotten to yet is, well, let, let's see the Shulchan Aruch. Here we go. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it now. Here we go. Payal. For both say this is, this is your, but again, I apologize because we're going to be jumping ahead a little bit. So certain things I'm going to tell you now we haven't done in the Gemara yet. But here, here, here is the halacha. Yaradea, pei alev, halacha zayim. Cholov isha mutter. So we'll say that is the first statement of the Shulchan Aruch. Human milk, a woman's milk, is mutter. So that, 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 that's the halacha. Vohu shapirish. Qualification. Assuming that what? Assuming that what? She has expressed it into a kli. Kigon. If a gadol nurses from a woman, now we'll have to define what a gadol means. Because remember, again, we're saying, we're going to talk about the halacha l'maysa. So we'll say, so for a gadol to nurse from, from a woman, ultimately, again, that is going to be kionic sheretz. Now we'll say, why is that? Let's talk about this in just a moment. If human milk is permitted, then what does it matter? What does it matter ultimately how it's ingested? Whether it's ingested from the mother, from the woman, or it's in, expressed into a kli and ingested like that. So the Taz comments on this. And the Taz says, said The concern is that if a person, after a certain age, and again, we'll discuss what the age is, goes ahead and, and drinks the milk directly from the woman, there's a concern that one may come to confuse this case with ultimately the case of a behema tenea. Now, how, is, how would you confuse with the case of behema tenea? Kevan shein derech basar adam. So I will say, this is fascinating. The task seems to be concerned with the following. That if we permit, if we permit consumption of human milk directly from the mother at any stage and any age, then Lamaisa one will say, just like human flesh is unfit for consumption, yet you're permitted to drink the milk, they'll assume that the same halakha applies to behemoth, to a non-kosher animal. That although I can't go ahead and ingest, right, although I can't eat the flesh, I can ingest the milk of a non-kosher animal. So to avoid that confusion, ultimately, again, human milk is permitted, but after the window of nursing closes, we'll, just, we'll establish when that is, human milk can only be ingested if it's expressed into a kli. That's the Tazavose, that's the distinction. Quite incredible, quite incredible. And therefore, I will say, if a person were to go ahead and directly ingest human milk from the woman, and a- after the window of nursing closes, when, it's, when he's an adult, they would flog such a person with, with, rabbinical, with rabbinical lashes. 
We'll save the rest of the So again, actually, we'll see. Vatinok Yonik ad sof talachanim. What's the window for nursing? How do we paskin? Till the age of four. At the end of four years, really, it means up until the age of five, right? For the first four complete years, through the fourth year, a child is permitted to go ahead and nurse like Rabbi Yoshua, Libari, Vehelechola. We give an extra year of nursing for a child who is sickly. For a child who is sickly. Interesting. In Lopirish, I will say this is all assuming. So the window of nursing goes up until four or five years old, or really five, I should say five or six years old, right? Through the fourth year, through the fifth year, depending on the health of the child. Assuming that the child did not stop nursing. Aval Now, this is what I'll say. This, this we're going to get to in the next sugya. Um, all right, let, let, me, let me leave the rest of this. Let me leave the rest of this. So now you see the halacha is, the halacha is, chalav isha motor, chalav isha motor. And it's what by the way, at any age. So in other words, I could consume chalav isha at any age. The only limitation is, it has to be consumed from a kli once the nursing window has closed. Parenthetically, what's the nursing window? Through the fifth year for a healthy child, through the sixth year, I should say, sorry, through the fourth year for a healthy child, through the fifth year for a sickly child. But technically speaking, human milk could be consumed anytime afterwards as well, but only from a clean, not directly from the woman. Says the Taz, why? Lest you come to conclude, to confuse this with a non kosher animal. Good, let's go back there. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Tanya. Rabbi Marinus, Omer, Rabbi Marinus says, Goneach yonek chalav b'shabas. So here's the case. Goneach literally means one is groaning. So I'll say, in this context, groaning means that halach usually it's some type of ailment with the heart. Person's having significant chest pain. So apparently, one of the cures, one of the treatments for heart attack, for chest pains, was milk directly from the animal. So you could go ahead and drink the milk directly from the udder of the animal on Shabbos. My time, oh, what's the reason? Now normally, again, so milking an animal on Shabbos is problematic, right? We saw this in Smichas Chavar. Milking an animal is the malacha of mefarik or dash, which is a derivative of borer. Anytime you extract something, from a source, ultimately, again, it is a problematic halacha. It is a problematic malacha, excuse me. So one second, so drinking, so essentially milking the animal should be a problem of mefarik. Ultimately, my time, why is this permitted? So let's say, number one, this is a shinoi, right? This is a shinoi. Why is this a shinoi? Because no one normally drinks directly from the animal. Normally, again, you express the milk into a kli. Drink it like that. Here he's mamish drinking directly from the animal. Some one, it's a shinoi. Doing, doing a malacha with the shinoi, who does what? Relegates it to the status of a dirabbanon. And I've said, since this is a case of tsar, chazal were not gozer. They did not decree in a case of tsar. Amrav Yosef. Halach Marinus. If a person is having heart issues or chest pain issues, they could go ahead and drink directly from the animal. By the way, this is a kosher animal, right? You're drinking kosher milk. The issue over here is, is not a hilchos kashos issue. The issue over here is a hilchos shabbos issue. But since number one, you're doing it with the shinui, and ultimately it's bebakom sar, therefore it's going to be permitted. Tanya, nochom ishgal yomer, nochom ishgal says as follows, an interesting case. Tsinor sha'alubo kashkashin. Sinar Bosei is a gutter. Is a gutter. You have a gutter. Sha'alabo Kashkishin. Kashkishin means it got filled with debris. 
What's the problem now, says Rashi? What's the problem? The problem is because the gutter is filled with debris, the runoff water, the water is spilling over onto my roof and causing a leak in my house. So what do I want to do? I can press down the debris with my foot. So I can go up, press down the debris with my foot on Shabbos. First of all, and I don't have to be worried. I don't have to be worried. My time, Shabbos say, now what's the problem over here? What's the problem? This is really like tikkun mona, makibet patish, right? Maybe bona. In other words, that I'm fixing something, completing something. So this is a problem to which the Gemara says, why is this permitted? Metakin kila achayatu. Because Rabbi said, the normal way you would go ahead and fix the, fix the gutter is how? Removal with your hand. Here, I'm simply just compacting that which is in there. So essentially, it's a shinui. So because it's a shinui, utilizing a shinui in a case of, in a potential case of loss is going to be permitted. It's an interesting case. So you see that doing, doing a malacha with a shinui goes ahead and whenever you do something with a shinui, it always what? It downgrades it to a drabanan. That was a great Surabanan. And the rabbis were not gozer in certain situations. For example, in a case where there's going to be a financial loss, Chazal were not gozer. Incredible. Both we'll last, next halacha. Next halacha. Um, okay. Next halacha. Sorry. Good. So the Gemara says, so Pirish, the Shabbos say, good. Pirish ta'achar esim ve'arba chodesh, the chazar kiyonik shakets. Now both say, here's what's interesting. Halacha lemaisa. Remember, the Bryce has said before that if the, if the baby stops nursing, after or the mother stops nursing the baby, after 24 months, then the nursing window closes. And at that point, if she were to continue to nurse her baby, then what? Kionic shekets. I will say it would be like, like, like nursing something that is bad, it's a bad practice. The commas. We'll say, here we go. So, how long does she have to cease nursing for? In order for the nursing window to effectively be closed, three days, three days. So the Gemara says, so the Ikedamri, Ikedamri, Tani Rav Yehuda Bar Chaviva, Kamei Dishmo, Shloshi Yamim, Tan Rabbanon. So I'll say, so again, it seems to be that right now the number that's being floated, three days. Once you stop nursing for three days, the nursing window has closed. And halach halamaisa were done. So we'll say ten rabbanon may nekes shemei spayla besoch esem ba'arba chodesh. What's the interesting case? Let's say a mother is nursing, right? Rachel and Ruven are married. Mazel tov, they have a baby, right? So Rachel is nursing the baby, and her husband dies. Her husband dies besoch esem ba'arba chodesh, and her husband dies within the first two years of the baby's life. Hare zu lotis ares velotinase. The boss say Rachel should not go in and get married, right? She shouldn't have erusin. She shouldn't have nisuin. So Shabbos says she shouldn't have Erisin or Nisuin until her baby is at least 24 months old. Now Shabbos said, what are we concerned about over here? What are we concerned about? We are concerned that if Rachel gets remarried, what's going to happen? She's going to get pregnant. She's going to get pregnant. And her milk supply is going to go ahead and diminish. And that will, and I will say so, and that will imperil her baby. Now, why is this a concern over here? Words, why don't we say that every single woman who's nursing has to use birth control, lest her pregnancy become right, lest she become pregnant and her milk supply become diminished? Here's the difference: when Ruch, right, Rachel is married to Reuven. Remember, let's play the case out again. Rachel is married to Reuven. Mazel tov, they have a son. Reuven dies. Let's say Nebuch, the, the baby is uh, six months old. So now, what happens? Chazal tell Rachel. You cannot get married until your son is 24 months old. What are we concerned about? 
Rachel's going to get remarried to Shimon. Let's say we allow her to get remarried immediately, right? After three months, because that's really all you have to wait after right? three months. So wait three months, get remarried. So now what happens? Her son is now nine months, is now six months old. Let's say six months old. What's the concern? She gets married, remarried to Shimon, right? She's going to become pregnant. Her milk supply is going to be diminished. So now what's going to happen? We'll say, what happens when her milk supply is diminished? She has to supplement the diet of her son. What are we concerned about? That baby is not Shimon's son. So we are concerned that because it's not Shimon's son, he is not going to adequately provide for that baby. That's the concern. He's not going to adequately provide for a child that is not his own. So therefore, I'll say, in order to obviate that concern, what do Chazal say to Rachel? You can't get married until you finish nursing your child. Once your child is finished nursing, two years, 24 months, then Allah said, then you can get remarried. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yudam, Rabbi Yudam says, Rabbi Yudam says, no, 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 she can already get married. The truth is, at, she can already get married at 18 months. 18 months. Right? Because we all say, ultimately, again, we're not so concerned that 18 months, that's already the child has nursed sufficiently, so that even if Allah says she gets pregnant, and what, her milk supply becomes diminished, her child will not be imperiled. Am Rabbi Nassim Bariyov said, Hain hain divrei beishamai, hain hain divrei beisilah. The truth is, Rabbi said, these two opinions of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda are the very opinions of beisham beisilah. How so? Shebeishamai omrim esim ba'arba chodesh. Beishamai says, the child needs to nurse for 24 months. O beisilah omrim shmona sa chodesh. Am Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Ani achriya. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, the truth is, I could even reach a little bit of a compromise. How so? Listen to this. The divrei ha omrim esim ba'arba chodesh. So according to the opinion who says that really a child should nurse for 24 months, really, the Rachel could already get married at the time that her baby is 21 months old. Why I both say is we're going to see, because even if one becomes pregnant, right, immediately upon getting remarried, her milk supply is not impacted until three months into the pregnancy. So remember again, if she gets married when her son is 21 months old, even if she becomes immediately pregnant, she gets immediately pregnant, her milk supply won't be impacted until when? Her son is 24 months, and at that point in time anyway, he's ready to be weaned. That's similarly again the opinion who says that ultimately again she needs to nurse for 18 months. In reality, she can already get remarried when her son is 15 months old, because pregnancy, pregnancy does not diminish milk supply until three months in. So I will say, therefore, again, if she's getting married at 21 months, by the time the milk supply is diminished, the baby's already 24 months, she's good to go. Right? If she has to nurse until 18 months, according to Beishamai, again, she finally get married at 15 months, even if she becomes pregnant. I say, by the way, this also all presupposes that what? That what? that she's getting pregnant immediately upon getting married to Shimon, her second husband. Fine. Sa'ama Ula, Ula said, Halacha Rabbi Huda. The halacha ultimately follows Rabbi Huda, namely, that a mother goes ahead and only needs to really nurse her child for 18 months. And therefore, Rabbi said, when she wants to get remarried, so halacha l'maysa, 18 months is going to be the window that we're looking at. So the Gemara says, V'amun limar ukva, v'amun limar ukva, li hitir Rabbi Hanina, is incredible. Marukva said something else. Not only does the halacha follow Rabbi Huda, that what? That a mother needs to nurse for 18 months, 
But ultimately, again, the halacha also follows the qualification of Shimon Amnil. Because comes along Mar Okva, so comes along Rabbi, I'm sorry, Mar Okva said that Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina, so remember, Mar Okva said, I had this case. I had this case. I wanted to marry a woman who was widowed with an infant, with an infant, and Rabbi Hanina allowed me to marry her when the baby was 15 months old. Why Rabbi says, play this out. Why 15 months, why 15 months old? Because again, Allah Hafaz Rabbi Huda, namely, that a mother has to nurse her child for 18 months, and Allah Hafaz Rabbi Shimon Amil that says that pregnancy doesn't impact the milk until when? Three months in. Therefore, I was permitted to marry this widow when her baby was 15 months old, because ultimately, again, we got married, and even if she got pregnant immediately, her milk supply would remain unaffected. Incredible. But say, listen, it's another story. It's fascinating. Arise Dabai, we'll say an incredible Gemara. Arise Dabai, listen to this. Abai had a worker, a sharecropper, a sharecropper. His sharecropper came before him. Amrli, so he said to him, sharecropper had a shiloh. Mao le aris bechamisha sachodesh. So the sharecropper said like this I met a woman, I met a woman. Nebach, she is, she was widowed. She has an infant child, right? The baby is 15 months old. Can I go ahead and do Aresin? That was just to point out. He said, Aresin. Aresin. Can I go ahead and do Aresin with this woman? So the Gemara says, Amrle. So he said to him, so I'll say, if you take a look, by the way, um, fine. So Amrle, So first of all, so now Abai, Abai is clearing the Shaila, right? He's analyzing the Shaila. First of all, when there's a Machlokis, Rameen Rabbi Huda, Ta'alacha follows Rabbi Huda. Remember again, Rabbi Huda said, Rabbi Huda said, 18 months. 18 months, right? Vaud, Beisham Esi, Halacha Gebe Sila. Va'amra Ula, Halacha Krabi Huda. Va'amra Mar Okva, Li Hiti Rabbi Hanina, La Seis La'achar, Chamisha Asar Chodesh. Shabbos say, Abai is bringing all of the things that we just said. Number one, Da'alacha follows Rabbi Huda. Number two, Da'alacha follows Beisham, Beisila, sorry, namely. So therefore, what's the nursing window? 18 months. Furthermore, again, Mar Okva said, Mar Okva said, that Rabbi Hanina allowed him to get married after 15 months because the milk supply is only, is only impacted when? Three months into pregnancy. Kol shekein da'at li'ares. So Abayi says to a sharecropper, all the more so you, you're not even asking to get married. What are you asking to do? What are you asking to do? Erison. We'll say Erison and I have a living together. So Abayi thought based on all of these factors, there's absolutely no problem for the aris to go ahead and do Erison with this woman who has a 15-month-old baby. Okay. When Abaye, Abaye comes before Rav Yosef, and he told Rav Yosef this whole Maisa, and he told Rav Yosef how he paskined. So Amrle Rav Yosef said to him, Abaye, you know, Amrle, Rav Ushmol, Ramit Arvayu, Tzrichin lahamtin asesrim v'arba chaldesh chutz miyom shenolad bo v'chutz miyom shenis arsabo. So let's listen to this. This is incredible. So Rav Yosef says, Abai, by the way, you know, maybe, maybe you missed this day in yeshiva, but Rav and Shmuel paskind that when a woman is widowed with an infant child, Chazal made a low plug. Rav Yosef, what's the low plug? They enacted an, a waiting window, right? They enacted, they enacted a window of 24 months that a woman who has a newborn cannot get married. And that 24 months excludes the day the baby was born, excludes ultimately, again, the day that she, that she gets married. In other words, 
What Chazal did is, in order to safeguard the infant child, they instituted a marriage moratorium on the mother, on the, on the widow. Because Rebbe says, we're going to see, we're concerned, we're concerned that sometimes a mother, a woman, in her eagerness to get remarried, may do certain things to compromise the health, safety, and security of her child. We'll see. Rebbe say, understand, by the way, because we'll, we'll talk about it, oh, we'll get it in just a moment. So therefore, again, Rav Yosef says to Abaye, 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 Rabbi Rav Yosef said, a woman who has an infant can't get married until that baby is 24 months old. And that's a low plug. That's across the board. So Rod Basre, here's the problem. Abai just realized what happened. What happened? He issued an erroneous psaq. He allowed the sharecropper, he allowed the sharecropper to do Eris in when? When? After 15 months. Rod Basre, plus a he ran after the sharecropper three parcels, which is large distance. Others say it was one parasa, but it was in the sand. And Rebbe say running in the sand is, you know, difficult. And he did not catch up with him. In other words, he couldn't find the guy. Amra Abaye, Abaye was very upset. Amra, he said, Amra This is what Chazal meant when they said, A person should not even pass in a simple shayla in the presence of their Rebbe. I will say, what's an example of a simple shayla? Biasa b'chuscha. I will say, biasa is an egg. Kuscha is kusach. I will say, what's kusach? I will say, kusach was, it's an old-time favorite. Right? Kusach was a dip that was made out of moldy bread and, and curdled milk. It, it, it makes your mouth water, just, just thinking about it, right? So I will say, and it goes with everything. And it goes with everything, right? I'm sorry? Some on the counter, right? right. There might actually be some on the counter in the back, right? Yeah, look behind the counter, you may find some kusa. So again, it's interesting. So I'll say, let's an example of a simple shayla. Can you dip your egg in kusa? Now I'll say, that's, that's eat. Can you dip an egg in kusa? Of course you could dip an egg in kusa. I'll say, there's no shayla. So Abaye said, you know, there's an expression that says that in the presence of your Rebbe, you should not pass in even the easiest of shaylas. So Abaye was upset. Because I remember again, Abaye lived in the locale of his Rebbeim of Rav and Shmuel, and he should not have paskined this Shailah in their presence. And he did. And what happened? And what happened? He made a mistake. He made a mistake. Rebbe said, this is incredible. Now, why is it that a person shouldn't paskin in the presence of their Rebbe? Lo mishum demechse kapi kursa. said, it's not because that it looks disrespectful. Elo mishum delo they both say, this is incredible. Because you know why you shouldn't pass in the presence of your Rebbe? Because it simply doesn't work out well. Lo mistayim no means, literally again, the right words do not come to your mouth. They both say, what Abai is saying is something absolutely amazing. And it has two levels. They both say, first of all, in the world of Horah, in Paskin Halacha, in order to Paskin a Shail, in order to answer a Shail appropriately, one needs siyata d'shaya. One needs divine providence. And I will say, divine providence is only given to those who conduct themselves in an appropriate way. So a Talmud is in the presence of his Rebbe. He should not be passing in halacha. He should be, def- he should be deferential to his Rebbe. If he is not deferential to his Rebbe, He's just not going to have the siyata d'shaya. He's just not going to have the level of divine providence necessary in order to deliver an appropriate ruling. And I also want to point to the Gemara ends off, and he says, listen to this, Abai, he says, listen to how crazy this is. Abai says, by the way, 
I was in yeshiva that day when they taught this halacha Rav and Shmuel. In other words, I was there. I was there for the shir. I, I heard this halacha. I learned it. But nevertheless, because I passed in the presence of my Rebbe, in the locale of my Rebbe, even though I learned this halacha, I didn't have the siyata dishmaya to paskin appropriately, and therefore again I issued an erroneous ruling, which I will say is really is really an incredible, incredible halacha. So I will just point out, by the way, it's not just true in paskin halacha. What the Gemara is sensitizing us to is that to be spiritually successful, you need siyata dishmaya. Everyone needs divine providence. So I will say, and we know this, we know this, right? In life, you could do all the right things, take all the right steps. But if the Ribbono Shal Olam does not bless my efforts, I'm not going to be successful. That's why a person has to live a life that is in step with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If I'm not in step with the Ribbono Shal Olam, if I don't have a life where I'm in sync with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then I don't have Siyat HaDishmaya. And if I don't have Siyat HaDishmaya, stuff in life doesn't work out. I will say, yeah, you, it's, it's an interesting exercise. You ever have a situation in life where you do all the right things, and things still don't work out the way they quote-unquote should have. So sometimes that just happens in life because it just happens in life. But sometimes I will say it's an interesting exercise to ask yourself, am I living with siyat d'shmaya? In other words, am I living in step with the ribono shalolam? Am I living? Like, like, are we walking hand in hand? Are we living, right? are, we, are we living side by side? And if, and, if we, and if I am, okay, then obviously this is hashkacha. But if I'm not, sometimes the reason why things don't materialize the way they're supposed to is because, again, I'm not in step with my father. And if I'm not in step with my father, I don't have that same level of siyat dishmaya. Incredible gemara. Both says goodbye to turn around. Turn around. Nasna benalumenekes o gemalsa omes. Well, it's an interesting case. So let's say a woman gives over. So we'll say, see now we've transitioned a little bit. So I just want to point out, we still have a couple of open-ended issues. Namely, again, again, at what point does the nursing window, and although we saw that in the Shulchan Aruch already, four, right, four or five years, depending on the child. So we'll say, now we've transitioned a little bit into a different discussion, which is the ability of a nursing mother to remarry. And it sounds like there is a takhanas chazal that a woman who is nursing cannot get married until her child is two years old. And that's a low plug. That's across the board. Watch this. Turn up on So listen to this. What happens if a woman hired a wet nurse? Like Rachel, again, Rachel is widowed. Ruvain died. She has money. So Rachel hired a wet nurse. And ultimately, again, now the wet nurse is nursing her baby. Or, or ultimately, again, the baby was weaned. Baby was weaned. The baby stopped nursing. I was not every baby nurse. Baby stopped nursing after a year. After a year, or chasu shalom, the baby died. The baby died. Now, what is Rachel's ability to get remarried? Mutaris no simiyad. Right? So it says she can get married immediately. We'll say, what's the logic? What's the logic? The marriage moratorium was for what purpose? Was for what purpose? So as not to compromise the health of the child. Well, in this case, there's a wet nurse, or the baby's already weaned, or chasu shalom, the baby died. Rapapa Rav Hunabari Rav Yoshua Savar Leme Avad of the Kiyamas Nisa. Wanted to pass in accordance with this brisa. Amra luhu hahi safta. Who says listen to this? A safta. A safta said to them, "Bididi hava uvda." This situation. She said, "I was a young widow with an infant." Va'asrali Rav Nachman. And Rav Nachman said, "I could not get married until after twenty-four months." Now I will say, 
she doesn't indicate exactly what it is that happened. Or in other words, what, what, what was it? Was it that her baby, she hired a wet nurse, the baby was weaned, or Hashem child died? She doesn't say, but again, the idea is, she said, I was in this matzah, right? I was in this circumstance. And even though I no longer needed to nurse a child, Rav Nachman said, I still had to wait 24 months before getting remarried. Any, is that so? Yet Rav Nachman allowed the women of the house. What was I in the in the Reish Kalusa? Who's the Reish Kalusa? Reish Kalusa where there was the leadership of the Jews in Babel. So I will say there was a situation. There was a situation where someone in the house of the Reish Kalusa, a woman, a woman became widowed. Woman became widowed, and ultimately, again, I will say, what would they do? Now, in general, in the house of the Reish Kalusa, mothers were not normally nursing their children. Rather, what would happen? What would happen? They would hire wet nurses. So I will say, so ultimately, again, Rav Nachman said once they're in the house of the Rish Kalusa, right, that these women could get married even earlier than 24 months. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 Shani Rish Kalusa, the law Hadibahu. It's different than Rish Kalusa. I will say, what's the concern? There's a concern with the wet nurse. What's the concern with the wet nurse? Even if a woman hires the wet nurse, what's the concern? What's the concern? She may, she may back out of the employment. And therefore, again, the mother is once again with the responsibility to nurse her child. There's no concern of backing out of employment with the Reish Kalusa. Right? It would be a bad idea, because also the Reish Kalusa are pretty powerful people. It would be a very bad idea to back out on employment with the Reish Kalusa. That's why, so that was an exception to the rule. That was an exception to the rule. Amur Papa, Va'ason Lo Tizbro Meha. Why don't you bring a Raya from here? Here we go. Hadesanya, here we go. Hadesanya, Hare Shaisa Rudufa Lechal Beisavia. So I will say like this. Let's say we have a case of marital discord. Ruben is married to Rachel. Things are not good. And therefore, even during the marriage, Rachel was often spending a lot of time in her parents' house. Oh, or there was a lot of fighting with her and Ruben. Or her husband was incarcerated. Or her husband went overseas. Or her husband was too old for physical intimacy, or he was old. So we'll say, by the way, what's come down in all these cases? Come down in all these cases is, most husband and wife are not living together. Because they're not living together, we'll say, there's no concern that she's pregnant. Right? Or he's sick. Or she was sterile. Or she was old. Or she miscarries immediately after the death of her husband. Or or her husband is incapable of having children. I was saying, all of these cases, right? so again, I was saying, long list of Rachel's married to Ruvain. So in all of these cases, I was saying, again, either she spent most of the marriage by her parents' house, away from her house, or they're always, they're always fighting, or her husband was incarcerated, or he went overseas, or he was sick, or he was old, or she was sterile, she was an islandist, she was a kitana, she just miscarried, her husband wasn't able to have children. All these cases, husband dies. And I will say, based on any of these cases when husband dies, what do we know with almost, with really pretty much absolute certainty? She's not pregnant. She's not pregnant. Yet, what's ta'alacha? What's ta'alacha? Kulon tzrichos lahamtin shlosha chadashim dey Rabbi Meir. Rosh Rabbi Meir says, all of these women, I will say, say, can you imagine, can you imagine, I will say, I'll give you even an extreme case, Ruvay's married to Rachel, they've been married for 70 years, right? Rachel is 90 years old, 90 years old, pushing the walker with the tennis balls, right? And now what happens to Rachel? And now Baruch Hashem, she met someone in the nursing home, right? She met someone, 
And you know, at that age, there's nothing, there's no waiting. There's no, like, let's plan the wedding, right? Let's, you know, let's put, pop, the, pop the dentures back in and let's do this, right? You know, let, let's go. Let's go. What do we tell Rachel? What do we tell Rachel? Gotta wait three months. Gotta wait three months. Right? Gotta, gotta wait three months. Uh, three months. I'll say, why? Again, remember, as, as, as kind of like strange as it sounds, if you think about this from a legal perspective, it makes sense. I will say, legal frameworks have to work across the board, right? If you start saying, it applies here, but it doesn't apply, you can't do that. The halacha is, if a woman is widowed, three months of havchana. Three months of havchana. Rabbi Yossi says no. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He says, halacha lamayin said, not true. In the case where we know for sure the woman's not pregnant, she get married immediately. So ultimately, we'll say that halacha is like Rabbi Meir. So we'll say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That whenever a chazal make a takana, the takana applies across the board. Therefore, we'll say, coming back to our case, chazal instituted that what? That a woman can't get married. If she's widowed with a young child, she can't get married until that baby is how old? 24 months. It doesn't matter what her personal circumstances are. That is the halacha. So Amrali said to him, you're right. Lava daitin. I forgot. I forgot that's the halacha. The hilcha sabo say, what's the halacha? Meis mutter gemalto aser. Rabbi say the halacha is if the child died, if the baby Nebuch died, then she's permitted to get married. Because Rabbi say that's an exception. Right? That's an outlier case. But ultimately, again, if she went ahead and, if she, but if the baby was weaned, so ultimately, again, that does not permit her to get married any earlier. Even if the baby died, ultimately, again, it's still aser. What are we concerned about? We're concerned that if a woman knows that if her child dies, she can get married immediately, that what's going to happen? She's going to kill the child. She's going to kill the child in order to get married. The Gemara says, this happened. It happened that a mother Nebach strangled her child in order to be able to get married. The Gemara says, don't bring a raya. I will say that was obviously a case of an ill woman, of an ill kim, of an ill woman. Women, I will say, no matter how desperate they may be to get married, because remember again, marriage represented a, a sense of security and safety. So women would be desperate to get married, especially with an infant child. No woman, no woman, no woman who is normal is going to imperil her child ultimately for the purpose of getting married. But nevertheless, Rabosai, again, we'll stop over here for today. But what do we see? I will tell you, we'll see in the Shekhanarach, if a woman is widowed with a newborn child, she cannot get remarried until that child is two years old. That seems what Allah is saying. Ultimately, again, low plug. No different than the halacha that says a woman can't get married three months after being widowed outside Khana. She also can't get married until a child reaches the age of two in order to ensure the safety and security of the child. Now, whether or not that's the halacha lemaisa, Emirat Sashem will see in tomorrow's daf. Rabbi Osai, was it incredible? Was it incredible? Was it incredible? Exactly. Osai, Shkaya, have a great day. All right, have on Zoom. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> enjoy it, enjoy it. It's incredible that Vai could find his own servant. Why he's chasing after the servant? Well, it could be, by the way, it could also be that Halach Lamaisa, you know, with Irisin, maybe he, in other words, maybe he left. Yeah, yeah, or, or maybe that was the end of his, I don't know, maybe that was the end, the end, of, his, end of his service. You know, maybe he was getting married and that was, that was it. I don't know. Have a great day.